Today on Watching Your Wealth, how to keep your emotions in check when the stock market plunges, plus some steps to take if you're a victim of a financial scam. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Coming up, what to do if you're a victim of a financial scam. But first, what not to do when the stock market gets very volatile. Daniel Crosby is a psychologist and behavioral finance expert at Brinker Capital, an investment management firm with $18 billion in assets under management. Welcome, Dr. Crosby. Thanks. Great to be here. Great to have you. So when the stock market gets really volatile and we're losing money, at least on paper, it can be tough not to let our emotions get the best of us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, studies have shown that people lose 13% of their IQ uh, in times of duress. Oh, wow. We actually actually are least intelligent when we most need it. Oh, my goodness. That's huge. I didn't realize that. Wow. Um, So... Give us some steps we can take so we don't freak out. I know one of the things you said is first not to lose our sense of history. Please tell us about that. Yeah, not losing a sense of history. You know, UBS did a study recently that found that over the past 35 years, the average, average intra-year drawdown was 14% and that the market ended up in 27 of those 35 years. Um, So uh, volatility is the norm and not the exception, and we just need to learn to recognize that. And I think we've we've grown complacent after a few years of pretty stellar, almost always uh, returns headed headed up pretty consistently over the last six or seven years. I think we've lost our sense of that history. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's still some people who are absolutely scarred from 2008, but also there's some folks who may say, you know, hey, it's not always going to go up. Like they they may have forgotten that. You know, it depends on where you are in your own financial situation. Um, Another point you said that volatility doesn't equal risk. What do you mean by that one? Well, you know, um, economists equate volatility with risk directly as a means of building elegant formulas. But for the average investor, it doesn't uh, it doesn't work that way. For me, risk is the likelihood that you're not going to be able to live the life you want to live, mm. um, the, the likelihood that you're not going to meet uh, meet your goals. So Chuck Widger of Brinker Capital and I wrote a book about goals based investing, and we found something that uh, as simple as indexing to your life and indexing to your goals instead of to the S&P, can greatly enhance your ability to stay the course. And so that's something we work with advisors and individual investors uh, to do. Staying the course is important. Now, you say not to focus on the minute-to-minute, but i got to say, that's got to be hard when you see the stock market plunging 400 points and you're just saying, oh, my goodness, what is going on? I need to call my advisors. How do we kind of overcome that focus of minute-to-minute and, and that fear when we see a lot of red on the screen? Well, again, the, I think the, the goals-based piece works uh, well there, too, because the only thing that's a, a bigger deal to you than that minute-to-minute panic is maybe uh, living a life that's consistent with very big, important goals, like sending your kids to college or retiring comfortably um, with your partner. So I think those big-picture sort of life-wise can give us some perspective. And then I think sometimes we have to, just in a moment of reason and, and cold logic, 
say, I'm not going to do these things. Like, I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to um, check my iPhone app that tells me the S&P is level, you know, 35 times a day. And just put ourselves, I mean, it's kind of like a diet or not keeping junk food in the house, just not uh, giving ourselves permission to give access to these things. Because if you look, uh, if you look, the, the stock market's down about 47% of the time if you look day to day. And behavioral finance tells us that people are more than twice as upset about a loss as they are happy about a comparably sized gain. So the market's down almost half the time, and it feels like more than that. It's not a formula that leads to very good long-term returns if you're looking at, the, at things daily. That's a really good point. What else can we do to keep our emotions in check? Any last tips? We've got about 30 seconds left. Well, one of the things that I tell folks to do is to remember that in every market, your behavior is the best predictor of your performance. Dalbar and others have shown that uh, the average retail investors only keep about half of what the market gives them because they make poor decisions. Hmm. So uh, bear market, bull market, sideways market, you and not and not the Brexit and not the your favorite stock are the <laughs> best predictor uh, of your returns. So control what you can control and try and take some power back that way. Great tips. Thank you so much for joining us, Daniel. Thank you. Great to be here. And thanks again to Dr. Daniel Crosby for joining us. Coming up, steps to take if you fall victim to a financial scam. Stay with us. Hi, this is Jason Gay, sports writer at the Wall Street Journal, and I have a podcast called Free For All. And guess what? It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some real estate, some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. It's the Free For All. Become a subscriber on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts. And check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. If you're a victim of a financial scam, such as an internet fraud, file a report with the local police department right away. This will help you later on when disputing fraud charges. Alert your credit card companies, banks, and any other financial institutions where you have an account. Review your insurance policies and investments to make sure there haven't been any changes in your beneficiary information. Run your credit report to make sure no one is opening new accounts. You may also want to put a credit freeze on your credit report. Expect all of this will be time-consuming, and you may not get your money back. I hope you do, though. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening.